Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. We called this at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes, I get my crew up at 8.30. Oh, bless their little hearts. And I've had a great panel that have kept with me or left and will come back. And um, it's show 400, folks. I've managed to... (coughs) Well, I'm thinking I might croak it, actually. Um, but I have got to show 400, which is amazing. And when I look at some of the panel, they're amazed as well that I got to 400 as well. They, they, hey, how can you produce this shit, Jonathan? But there we go. <laughs> uh, um, but I've got a great panel. I've got a great special guest. I've got the wizard of WordPress. I've got JJ in the house. I thought you were talking about Matt Medeiros for a second. I assume that was the wizard. I always call you the wizard, don't I? You know. Thank you, dude. <clears throat> well, you always call the jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it starts. It starts, folks. Would you like to introduce yourself to listeners and viewers? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, John Jacoby, uh, WordPress contributor for quite a while. Uh, Buddy Press, BB Press, work uh, with Pippa and then the rest of. Uh, uh, his folks over at Sandhills Development, been working on Sugar Calendar for a while, working on the next release of Easy Digital Downloads, uh, just built a house, uh, our yard is a mud pit, uh, love is a battlefield. I don't know. It's all, it's all up in the air right now, really. There we go. And John, would you like to introduce yourself, John? John Locke, been here uh, for a bit. Uh, lockdown design and SEO. Yeah, you have John with Sally. You, you, I think you came on my first round table. Why you ever came back? I should never know, but you did. You and Sally. So it's much Enjoyed the chaos. Yeah, Sally. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl because that's what I am. I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland. California, and I don't think I knew that that was the first episode. Uh, it, it did not seem uh, as as bad to me as I think Jonathan remembers it being. Um, it was my I, first. It was my first round table kind of format um, with Crazy Bill. We had been doing well, and we had like about eight people, and you wanted all of them to answer every question. So it 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 it, it, it went on a bit, but you know, all the people were interesting. The podcast is fun. Yes, I try, and, and I've got I've got the great Matt. On the Matt Report in the house. Matt, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, MattReport.com, Pagely.com. That's where you can find me. <laughs> and I've got Chris. I've got Chris. Would you like to introduce yourself, Chris? I'm Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the WordPress LMS plugin called Lifter LMS. And I have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast. That's great. And I've got Uncle Spencer in the house. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Spence from WPLaunchify.com. And I'm trying to think, because I think I was on your episode three with Bill Conrad from the Wild Wild West. And uh, I don't remember you had a roundtable back then. Was that after or before the podcast started? I can't recall now. No, it was after we did a few interviews. Oh, yes, you came on the show with Crazy Bill. I should have got Crazy Bill today, but that no, maybe not. That would have been... 
that would have been really crazy. I don't think Matt would have appreciated it, actually. I would have got a dirty look for Matt. Uh, those stern looks I get from Matt, they always kind of put me in my place. There we go. Uh, um, so let's get this show on, on the road, as they say. This on's the first story, and I changed it at the last minute, number one story, as I do. Uh, um, well, it was a combination, you know. Um, so I've automatic is testing a, a, an experiment, full-site editing plugin. God, that's a surprise. Or it's Happy Sweet 16 WordPress. I suppose they kind of linked. Um, which one do you want to start, JJ? And uh, which one of these lovely stories from the, um, the tavern do you want to start with? I feel like Sweet 16 for WordPress is like the happier one. We could start with Yeah, let's the start happy before we go into the normal tone of this show. <laughs> See, 16 years is a long time. It could officially uh, try to drive an automobile now, which is a little terrifying. Like I was hoping that self-driving cars would be everywhere by now, but we're just not there yet. Did you read Did you read the first or second comment of that article, though? Oh, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the tavern comments. I have no <laughs> it, was the so, it was so comments. typical. It was like you oh, put the, the no. tone of this straight away. This is me reading it live on the air right now. Oh, scathing. Not wrong, though. Yeah, the code base looks like it is 16 years old. It's totally 100% accurate. What do you expect for code to look like after 16 years of like thousands of people building something? Look at hello. Like, I have a right. I have a former academic colleague who works on Lotus products. You want yeah. like yep. you know <laughs> technical debt? Yep, exactly right. So uh, yeah, it's uh, scathing, but again, not inaccurate. Right. Um, unfortunately, John had to leave, but yes, he's got hospital appointments. So I don't expect him to die, but he wanted to pop in and say hello on my 400th. Right, what do you reckon about this, Matt? 16. 16. Oh, oh, 16, Matt. Before we talk about milestones, I mean, congratulations to you for making it 400 episodes in this. That's right. Piece. You know, yeah. I mean, let's, let's that's right. Survi- surviving 400 episodes of us. Yeah. And I've got those arrows in my back. You're man. an important piece of the WordPress community, whether you believe it or not. I agree. What do you want, Matt? What are you after, Matt? I do the Friday show, and I really don't care. I really care about the Friday show in a way, but on the other hand, I do it for personal entertainment and I, you know I just do it to stir things up a little bit uh, um, but it's great having you on the show as well Matt uh, um, I think your contributions have been fantastic as well and your insights and it's one of the main reasons why I've kept going actually because I was really I was quite influenced by your show when I first started so there you go I've been really nice to you Matt all right, now that we've been nice to each other. We yeah, let's get, back, let's get back to the normal. <laughs> so what did you reckon about Sweet 16? 16 years. Like, I couldn't, I still feel like it's 10 years old. And when I was tweeting back and forth uh, with Jay Tripp the other day, and I was thinking about how long we've been friends, which started right. in Providence Meetup, mm-hmm. I was like, we've been friends for like eight years. And then, <laughs> then I realized, wait a minute, it's been way longer than that. Time just mm-hmm. flies. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and one of the the things I was thinking about when I was reading through the article was, uh, I mean, I just did an interview with the product lead of Happy Tools, which is an automatic journey or experience. I forget what they call it. Um, 
And uh, it's, it's amazing to see that Automatic is now 900 plus people. It's pretty crazy that how fast and how large Automatic has grown since the, 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 uh, the birth of WordPress. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's crazy that it's still 16 years and, or it has been 16 years and I expect another 16 out of this CMS yeah, I think it's just amazing that open uh, open source project like it, well, kind of open source project. I, I won't. I don't know what you know what to say there. Uh, it's a kind of open source project, isn't it? That's the way you got to put it, I suppose. What do you reckon, Sally? Um, you know, happy birthday! We had we had a big party last year, um, and uh, for our meetup, and I. Uh, you know, I don't think the uh, celebrations are quite as uh, uh, riotous this year. Um, but yes, I, I hope that there will be be many more. Um, there you go. All right, what about you, Chris? Any insights about Sweet 16? Yeah, when I was 16, I totaled both of my parents' cars. Both? And, uh, <laughs> both? What did you have? You did like your parents? Did you learn your lesson after the first time? It's kind of a sore subject, but I'm just grateful to be on the, on the journey um, with WordPress. And I think it's got a lot of legs and it's going to go a lot further. Um, I think it's interesting where, where we at 34% of the internet, $10 billion industry economy there. I think I heard Matt Mullenweg say that most of that, the majority of that money goes to the hosting companies, which I find interesting. But yeah, it's it's good to be on the journey, and I look forward to the future. What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer? I mean, the thing that I can reflect on is when this all started, I was coming off of all the you know licensed software and closed platforms, and I was involved with some Silicon Valley nonsense that was all freemium. And so, if nothing else, with all of the family infighting and the politics and the drama, I can at least say that this is something that proves that if you give people a tool and everybody can access it, that some pretty cool stuff can come out of it, even with all the drama. So I appreciate that part of it. Oh, well, it's all Otto's fault. There we go. Yes. Uh, um, I find a drama-free space that human beings occupy. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, at, least, there, at, least, at least here there's like, um, I want to use the, the fancy word, but like balance of power because mm. there's detente of, okay, fine, if you get too crazy, we're all going to take the code and go home with it. So that's an interesting result of this open source GPL thing, which I think is nice. All right. I think for all the drama, you know, we're going to have it when people are passionate about a thing. People, uh, especially when democratizing publishing is the, is the ethos, which is sort of everyone assigns meaning to that however they choose. So we're all not always going to be on the same page. There's going to be some conflict. There are going to be people that disagree. They're go- you're going to use your blog to talk about how you disagree. That's what the software is for. Like that, uh, those are all good things. Uh, and 16 more years of it, I think, uh, I'm looking forward to it like Chris said. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I like a good argument. I suppose I'm English, so I like a good argument. You know, um, of, you know obviously it's got to be certain boundaries, but, you know, but there we go. On to the next story. Uh, it's a little story, but I, I, I loved it in a way. North, North Face tries to scam Wikipedia to get its products to the top of Google search. Um, who should I choose? Uh, Matt, what did you think of this one? Uh, it wasn't surprising. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I've seen people do, I wish John was still here, uh, in terms of SEO and, and how people game the system is... Uh, 
You know, well, they couldn't, like, they couldn't lose, could they, on this story? Right. Because if they get found out and um, Wikipedia turfs them out, it makes it even a bigger story, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right, right. It, it makes it a bigger story, yes. I mean, you know, it, it kind of depends on, on whether you think that will uh, boost sales or not. Well, it gets, you know, gets people talking about the face, doesn't it, Matt, doesn't it? So, yeah, you know, yeah, I guess then the results that searching for, and I mean, people... This is such such a low story on the um, uh, criminal poll <laughs> that no one <laughs> right. that no one even cares. Like yeah. society, yeah, you're so like, right there, aren't you? That's a great. Re- but it's such a huge boon to their business. Exactly. I mean, it can be a huge boon to their business. It's like. So, so the- do you think this is this is going to inspire uh, imitation, or well, do you think but- it's the kind of thing you can only get away with, you know, the the first time? I kind of link it. I kind of link it to that Pantheon story. When was it at Word Word Camp US? Mm-hmm. They had all those. They had all those banners showing, didn't they? they? And they got you know they got they got ticked off for that. Like they committed some crime. I thought it was just excellent marketing myself. Great marketing. The problem with the problem with the or the difference is that Pantheon doing what they what they did was a, a brilliant idea. And taking all of it to the next level, but unfortunately, there were like real world consequences for for what they did. They were temporary, but they were real. Or like North Face doing this, like Matt said, is so is so low. This is like it's like petty vandalism on Wikipedia. Like people won't stop buying stuff from the North Face because of this. And so for that, I think it's kind of a win. It's silly and kind of pointless. It's just vandalism on Wikipedia. People fixed it, and it's gone. And we're talking about it, so there's well, no. They, they must have known anyway, JJ. Because well, we're right. talking about it, but it, they, you know, I mean, I don't buy from the North Face anyway. I'm not, well, I'm not about to start just because they were right. clever. I did put right. my North Star sweater on. Actually, I should go and get it. Uh, um, but they must have known because those those Wikipedia editors, you know, they make um, they make the WordPress uh, crew. You know, they've got reputation yeah. total Nazis, haven't they? You know. I must have known that the Wikipedia Nazis were going to sh- notice it. I think well, they sure. certainly must have known they were going to notice it after they made a video about the fact they did it. <laughs> yeah, like, they probably got the thought, oh, they haven't noticed. We're going to make a video and ram it down their throat. You know, uh, what do you reckon, Spencer? I, I think that, that probably the Wikipedia editors are the ones that made this whole thing up just so they can feel important. Because... <laughs> Like, I thought, I mean, with the exception of looking up oddball scientific terms, Wikipedia has been dead to me since I first tried to interact with them a few years ago. And, like, you you actually publish factual data about a thing that you're an authority on. And then a bunch of 16-year-olds come and, like, change your shit and then lie about it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, why did I spend the last four hours carefully editing that? It was just an insane idea to begin with. So The policy of not having experts write about things they have expertise in is a bit odd. Nevertheless, North Face is is correct that, you know, or the the ad company is correct that in many, many, many searches, Wikipedia comes up in that little highlighted knowledge graph box as a top uh, result. Yeah. It's like Quora. Okay. The difference between Quora and Wikipedia is at least to Quora's credit, if you write something either as a a question or as an answer, you get voted up and down by the actual bulk of the people. Whereas in Wikipedia, 
somebody somehow has the authority to literally shut you down every time, even if you are the actual person it's about. I happen to have some family members and people who are mini celebrities. And there would be like people who would like take away the edits that were made on this person's behalf by her or him. And I'm thinking like, how could this possibly be useful? So I just sort of wave on this. I laugh a little. As far as North Face, I mean, Maybe they had the advice of Lori Laughlin's attorney on what's good publicity. <laughs> exactly. What do you reckon, Chris? I think it's good marketing. It's on brand. You know, the whole climbing thing, climbing to the top of the search results. Uh, it's just, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, there you go. They get, they get five stars. It is, it is like one step closer to idiocracy, though, where like yeah. the, the company is like, oh, their North Face is on everything, everywhere I go. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's what plants crave. There's that movie, uh, the documentary by Morgan Spurlock the, about product placement that he funded the movie with product placement. It's really meta. It's, uh, it's good. If, if, you look, if, you, if you guys are the Game of Thrones company, I don't watch it, but I saw the country, you know, the whole coffee cup controversy with Game of mm-hmm. Thrones. Now that's a clever way. I'm not saying that was forced, but that's a clever way. If let's say you were Starbucks to get notoriety when you just make sure that like a cup that sort of looks like your thing is there. So people are like, Oh my God, is that the Starbucks coffee cup that got like 50 million people interested in it? And there was no, you know, like, Oh, we did it. The mistake. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Spencer. That's so, so fucking I'm saying that the mistake these guys made is when they go and brag about that, they did it. Then it looks like you're a bunch of. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the coffee cup benefited from the juxtaposition of the fact that it certainly did not belong there. So anytime that there is something that is just completely out of place, it draws your eye and it, and it works. So that's what they're going to do next. They're going to start branding themselves all over places where nobody is climbing or interested in being warm or anything. They'll just be North face. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like if Otto showed up on this panel show one Friday. Easter egg. I love, I love him to come on the show. And, oh. Name said something like, you know, John Smith, but we just, right. we just are like, wait a second. Who is that? I, I brought, feel sorry. I feel, I, Carl's Jr. I what, feel sorry. In some ways I feel sorry for Otto. Well, just a little bit. There we go. Uh, on, on to the next story. After 400 million Series D, Pantheon requires... 40. Pardon? 40 million, not 400. 40. Oh, 40. Oh, thank you. Oh, well. It's only loose change, isn't it? You've got to get your facts right. 70 million dollars. <laughs> 40 million Series D, Pantheon requires web ops company for automatic updates. So what did you think of this one, Spencer? Okay, I'm going to go back to my, just referencing every show, my predictions. First of all, one of the predictions was about whether or not the jetpack thing turns into a, you know, like a Trojan horse. We'll leave that aside for a moment. But when we talk about hosting companies and what they need to do today, continually saying that hosting is a commodity item. I pissed you off two shows ago when I referenced Cloudways instead of the... You almost lost your shit over that. But I'm going to say this much. I just find it absolutely ridiculous because I've had the bad experience of using Pantheon. Pantheon to me is for a specific subset of developer-minded people who are very comfortable working in the shell versus the other WYSIWYG tools like a Cloudways. And I find it unbelievable that anybody would throw 40 million bucks in a Series D at, to them at them for the purposes of acquiring, unless 
The whole thing they see is let's throw as much money to this brand as possible so they can gobble up as many things as possible to make a platform that has everything, which puts them in direct competition with, of course, GoDaddy. And I don't know what's going on with the host Gator Bluehost, but I got to imagine they're thinking like, oh, shit, we better do something too. Otherwise, maybe they're just going to stick with the bottom of the barrel people. But that's where this future is going. The bottom of the barrel seems to have worked pretty well for you. Well, I'm saying they might not have to worry because the people who are at Bluehost and HostGator don't even know how to you know, push a button on their website. They just basically see the $5 a month or $3 a month. But for anybody in the middle, I definitely see a parting of the waters that you have to be a company that it's a membership economy type of a company. We give you everything here. And that's the only thing that makes sense for 40 million to Pantheon. I mean, my gosh. It, it showed, well, there is, you know, it's a lack of areas to invest, isn't it? Definitely. What do you reckon, Matt? What do you reckon? Yay. Yay. If only they could give me the forty million. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm biased, of course. Work for Pagely. Yeah. Uh, I think the 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 core focus was the acquisition of the plugin. Really, what, more what so. Could, than, what could Pagely do with forty million? <clears throat> Keep doing what we're doing. Serve our customers. I don't know. Look at the cash in the bank. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a great win. Um, of course, I'm forgetting his name. For the plugin author, Nathan uh, Tyler. Nathan Tyler. Uh, great guy. I remember looking at the product when he first started, you know, dabbling with it. Uh, so kudos to him for making the exit, I guess, if, if you know, if you will. Uh, just another sign that, um, you know, plug-in acquisitions are continuing to happen. And, you know, good for him for building up the product and getting Pantheon's attention and getting it acquired. To be serious for one moment, though, Matt, what... Have you got? And that was as serious as it gets. <laughs> no, no, serious on my part. I should. I, I mean, um, you got any insight? Any insight? What they're going to do with? Well, is that really the insight? What they're going to be doing with the forty million buying other plugins and services, basically. I tend to agree with uh, Spencer on a lot of you know his take on on hosting. Um, again bias input coming in from the conversations that I have with people reaching out to Pagely. A lot of the vendors like Pantheon, like WP engine are specifically trying to build experience platforms uh, that gets them into the Gartner magic quadrant that gets them, you know, competing against other companies in, in the bigger enterprise space. Uh, It allows them to take in more cash like this. It allows them to scoop up more customers, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, what I think everyone is forced to do at this point is how do we change the experience of WordPress so that we acquire more customers to use our platform? And this is what every single WordPress product company is doing, like Automatic with Jetpack, like Elementor with all of the stuff they're throwing at Elementor. People need to build their own experience of WordPress to attract customers and have literally the kitchen sink in there for them to play with to get the most eyeballs. Um, I think the biggest person who's threatened right now is uh, automatic and by you know a trickle-down economy, WordPress core itself, uh, because any of these companies are large enough to just slap on their big onboarding tool in the front end and totally dictate how somebody experiences WordPress to the point that they don't even know it's WordPress anymore. Um, that's what I got. 
Yeah, I think that's spot on in a way. Well, thanks. Um, WordPress Chris, is like uh, Word. Oh, I didn't mean to. Chris should uh, go. You're asking Chris. You're the leader. I don't want to step on. No, uh, you go, go on, John. Go on, John. You're, I, uh, you're I think like. Well, Matt's right. Like WordPress is the kernel. It it is our it is our operating system. It is our Linux, and there are, there are a bunch of people that are flavoring it now with the the direction that they want to take it. No different than Apple takes it. No different than Ubuntu takes it. No different than anything else. WordPress is the kernel. Uh, the thing about forty million dollars is that you, it's it sounds like a really big number, but the reality is that when you uh, you have operational costs in the talent that you acquire and the the people that you pay. If you had $1 million, you paid everyone $100,000 a year, you've got one year of runway with salary. Like it's not, it doesn't get you very far. And that's where Matt's point about, I mean, what would Pagely do with $40 million? I mean, Pagely is kind of the opposite of looking for $40 million. Pagely doesn't, they don't need $40 million because they are proud to be bootstrapped and they are proud to continue working in the direction that they're working and taking WordPress in the direction that they want to take it. Like the, 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 the DXP acronym is something that we're just going to continue to hear over and over and over again. Until, until we're sick. A new buzzword. Yes. That's right. Exactly right. And so people are building platforms to compete with one another. And that is great. That will solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. Uh, and Spencer is exactly right. Pantheon is a, uh, developer playground. It is. It is. They have. They are targeted from the other direction. Very specific uh, developers that are looking for a very specific kind of experience and environment that is different than WordPress.com or Jetpack uh, or even a Pagely. At this point, I mean, Pagely does a great job with giving developers the tools and access that they need to get the job done. But Pantheon is just deeply investing in taking all those things. Uh, to the next level, they always have. It was. It's not just WordPress. It's Drupal. It's other things. They have built really great tools for that. But uh, that's the direction that they're going with their DXP, where others are going other directions. What do you reckon, Chris? Um, Matt Medeiros has accused me of using big words before, but I had to write down Gartner Magic Quadrant. So I'm going to check that out <laughs> later. But, um, yes, I have a lot of respect for uh, Nathan Tyler, one of the guys b- uh, behind um, the the plugin there for uh, automatic updates and testing in the background. And that whole project launched at Plugin Palooza, which is a, 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 Word, a WordCamp kind of Jeopardy show thing, like maybe two years ago. So it's really interesting to me to see him like launch this idea, put the MVP together. And then within two years, that project is getting acquired by a hosting company. And I think from the hosting company perspective, uh, that's one of the issues people have with WordPress is having to update it. And like regular WordPress users are scared that things are going to break or they've had bad experience with updates. So or this, worse, they're not scared. And then something does break. Yeah. And this, this, this plugin directly addresses that problem. So it makes sense that a hosting company is yes. trying to optimize for that. Because I see a lot of freelancers... Or, or just online people trying to build maintenance plans for updating plugins and stuff. That stuff's like, it's almost like that's filling the gap of what the hosting company should already be kind of figuring out. Oh, and I know a particularly good one that specializes in membership, membership and learning management systems. I wonder what that company could be actually, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, you you have a good offer right there. And you have have a good hosting company, Kinsta, behind that. Um, But yeah, it's... 
just the end user, I, I I talk to them all the time and they're always like, is it safe to update? Like there's just all this fear out there. So that's the kind of core problem uh, that, you know, this, this is addressing. There we go. Well, we got, um, I want to talk about my blessed main sponsor and that's Kinster. No, no let's, let's talk about the other one. I'm getting confused. Let's go for the other one. Let's go for WP Fusion. That's it. Let's go for WP Fusion. What is WP Fusion? Well, obviously, you should have WordPress in your technology stack, but it is 2019, folks. So you're going to be into marketing automation. So you can have a CRM. And if you want your WordPress to talk to your CRM flawlessly, um, you should look at WP Fusion. I use it myself. It's a fantastic product from a fantastic developer as well. I've worked with him personally, and he's the bee's knees of developers. I actually think he's one of the best developers I've ever worked with, and I've worked with a lot. Uh, um, so there you are, Jack. That made you happy, didn't you? But also, also they've offered us a great um discount which you can only get from wp tonic so if you go to the wp fusion website and you use the coupon code wp tonic or uppercase you can get 25 percent off any of the packages that wp fusion offers and that that is an amazing offer and a lot of you have been taking it up so that's great news as well we're going to go for our break folks and we come back we can be got some other great stories be back in a few moments do you want to spend more time making money online then use wp tonic as your trusted wordpress developer partner they will keep your wordpress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money examples of wp tonic's client services are landing pages page layouts widgets updates and modifications wp tonic is well known and trusted in the wordpress community they stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back. Got a great panel. Got a great discussion. There we go. On to the next story. All right. What's the one my next story? Um a model for WordPress accessibility. Yes. What do you think of this one, Sally? I like this one. Um, you know, of course, accessibility has been a, a source of discussion, particularly since the launch of, of Gutenberg. And this is a nice, detailed um, explanation of ways to avoid that problem in the future and, and ensure that things are accessible, in, including, you know, talking about um, taking the, the core team uh, through uh, trainings and, um, you know, arranging for testing, uh, you know, accessibility testing by uh, actual disabled people. Uh, in advance of of launches of of things, and you know, all of it sounds uh, pretty feasible, um, and I think it's it's good that somebody outlined it, and uh, it's you know, there. I do not know enough about the inner workings of you know of, of the core development team to, uh, you know, to be able to say whether this uh, could be done or or whether they might choose to do it, uh, but it seems like it's at least you know worth people taking in and discussing. What did you think of it, JJ? 
So it, 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 the post itself, one, I really like Adrian's theme on his website. I, I appreciate the dark background and everything else. Like it's very simple and nice looking website. So that's like my first thing that I like. But uh, the post does two things. One, it like highlights the exact opposite problem that Automatic as a company has when it comes to getting things done with WordPress core. Either they're like too far reaching and they do too much work, but then if they do nothing, people expect for them to do more. So it, the, the, the highlight on this shouldn't necessarily be Automatic as a company. I get that like they're the ones with the deepest pockets, but they also have a reputation of like bailing things out when there isn't enough money to actually get something accomplished or there isn't enough manpower or effort to push something through that needs it. So expecting for them to pay for things is not always the best way to get them to do something. It is just kind of pretty great when they come in and happen to save the day. So that is my first point. My second point is that like to Sally's point is like WordPress being 16 Many of the people that continue to work on WordPress are or have been doing it for a number of years, as in like 10 or more. And literally what this is saying and what this means is what every other person in any other career for hundreds of years has already been experiencing, which is like continued education. Like accessibility changes, development practices change. Like not everyone can know everything while they are in the middle of trying to do their job at the same time. Like for things like accessibility, everyone's focused on like learning JavaScript deeply, which is great, but that means that they're probably not learning accessibility deeply at the same time. And so this is just- I, I would still prefer better. not to learn JavaScript at all. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Because having learned it, I wish I didn't know it. So, uh, but it's, it, it really is like, it's, it, it's interesting the way that he uh, chose to, to kind of highlight automatic, I thought as like uh, the, the people that should be responsible to solve this problem. Yeah. What yeah. Do you- yeah. I don't know that it matters as much where the funding comes from, as long as there is the, um, as long as it's actually a priority for the core team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you recommend, you know, fundamentally, isn't it quite clear because the funding wasn't really put in place? It really shows that it wasn't that very high a priority, really. Still isn't really, is it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I can't really speak to that point, but it, it seems like we just keep inching closer to just, um, like Jay Tripp said, just... Let's put the onus on automatic. And I don't necessarily think that's always right. But at the same time, I think some folks are just really starting to, when I, when I read things like this and I see the conversation around it, I feel like we just start inching closer where people are just saying WordPress is automatic. Mm-hmm. And like this, and as we continue that sort of, we, we give <laughs> that up, that, that brand perception eventually is just... WordPress is automatic. Automatic is WordPress. And, and then that, that's what we're ending up at. And I don't know. Like, that's my theory for the future anyway. But, um, you know, I the just... Thing is that the, there, there is a, a huge benefit in there being some one big company behind the thing. Like right. when, when Microsoft, when Google, when Apple, when Oracle, when somebody says, this is our thing, we support this thing, uh, mean something because it means that they're behind it. If they weren't behind it, 
then you wouldn't be behind it. So someone needs to be behind it in order for you know, that momentum to be perpetual and exciting and everything else. If they were like, well, we're not supporting it anymore, then no one else is going to either, right? So it is really important that companies like Automatic continue to uh, support it. But like um, the Automatic can build a dedicated accessibility team. Let's face it, like if they did, that team would likely not be working on WordPress core. They would be working on Jetpack. They would be working on automatic properties. Would not be a bad uh, thing if Jetpack was accessible. You're 100 percent totally right. You're and and that those the what the Jetpack team or that accessibility team would learn would eventually trickle down into other things. But automatic as a company, as a <laughs> privately held profitable organization, uh, is going to invest that money in that team in the things that they think are going to yield them. Uh, the biggest returns. And sometimes that means WordPress core, but I don't know that most of the time that that's what that means for them. Yeah, I think you're right there, maybe. Spencer, what do you think? I think they should implement a bounty system. A bounty. Somebody finds, I'm not kidding, if somebody finds something wrong with accessibility, they could pay a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, some number, fix it. And that would attract this entire army of people sitting around complaining about how little they make as developers on WordPress because they don't have to be employees and they don't have to trip up that W2 scenario or the, you know. Yeah, except the, the problem is that, you know, bounties for like bugs or security holes and, and things make sense. Accessibility is so much more difficult and expensive to do retroactively than it is to plan from the beginning. Yeah, but that's, I, I think I go along with, did, by the way, did Matt say J Trip? Did he just? Yeah, say? yeah, yeah. Sorry, so I, that's I, how, that's I wrote how that one down in my head. So Matt has got a double header here today. But what J Trip said was kind of resonating with me, which is like when they sit down at the table and decide at Aubrey Capital how to spend their money, they're kind of like, yeah, the, the protesters out of the gate can wait a while because like we got more important stuff to spend our money on. If they allocated a lump of cash and laid it out on the doorstep and said, you guys have to do something, you could grab a piece of that for a meal, then I think that would actually make progress at the core level. Whereas otherwise, you know, their priorities are just not aligned with this clearly because as was stated in the article, it's out in the open. They know about this and it's not like anybody's rushing to fix it right away. So the the interesting thing about the bounty idea is that uh, WordPress as like a project itself for security uses a piece of software or platform called HackerOne. And HackerOne is uh, a bounty system for security vulnerabilities. And Automatic largely sponsors the payment for all of the security vulnerabilities that are found uh, and then get fixed in subsequent WordPress releases. Like That expectation works really well for security issues. Uh, Historically, it doesn't usually trickle off to work well for other things. But... uh, there's a lot of money to be made if somebody was willing to assign five, ten, fifty, hundred dollar values uh, to, to to fixing accessibility issues because we are not in the XHTML 1.1 uh, spec of the internet anymore. We are in like nested div central where nothing is what it's supposed to be anymore. So there are there there are just infinite accessibility issues uh, everywhere. Exactly. What do you reckon, Chris? I think it is an important priority in the same way that internationalization is a priority. Yeah. Um, I think hosting companies perhaps could 
step up and you know fund mm-hmm. some of that development and even automatic if the priority is to grow the pie as it were of the internet there's some something like 10% of the population of the world uh, has accessibility challenges i'm not sure if my statistic is completely accurate but i also sit on the side like i'll uh, like a university it department will get on the phone with me and then they'll they'll want me to talk to their accessibility uh, person and I, I have to rep WordPress and be honest about the state of affairs of what's going on there. Um, so there's a, there, I think there's a lot of room to improve and expand out and grow the market share if accessibility issues were addressed, especially with uh, more institutional um, companies, organizations, businesses that where that's just in their mandate. Yeah, I, think I kind of um, jumbled my stories up. I, I skipped the... Uh, how much money do WordPress developers make and what that and more insights in the life of WordPress developer? And it goes I was on surprised the, to learn that WordPress developers made money. Yeah, do we y'all, want to, y'all get paid for this? Yeah, exactly. Do we want to discuss this or do we want to go on to story six? I mean, I'm trying. Do you want to discuss story four panel or do you want to go on to story six? Yeah, story four is good. All right, let's go for story four. So what do you got to to say about it, Matt? There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot here. There's only 420-ish. It's not statistically significant, technically. Yeah. And I don't don't remember that I took this. They do seem to have phrased some of their questions oddly. Yeah, some of the, Mm -hmm. the questions, and one would imagine it's already the Delicious Brains audience, so they're very developer focused. Um, I think if you had like Beaver Builder run this survey, you'd have quite a different, um, and I just, you know. Well, it's a survey of developers. So consulting, yeah. con- con- consulting the people who follow Delicious Brains is actually pretty reasonable. Yeah, well, I, yeah. It's, it's, yes. it, it's not a what do all WordPress professionals make survey. True, true. I still feel like some people who use page builders can be developers though. Well, developers are certainly capable of using page builders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, some of the stats were pretty good. Like, uh, I actually thought what was the biggest striking point was how split the income levels are. And maybe that's just because of the way they put it, the, the answers. Yeah, they, they, well, they, they did phrase it a little strangely. How much of your income is from development work? I mean, first, I would think that would be like, you know, is it a, you would want a percentage of your total income, right? Is is like, how much do you earn from development versus other stuff? Um, and, uh, eh. but so, yeah, I mean, when, I hope that if you're making less than $1,000 a, a, a year from development, that it's a little mm-hmm. part-time side gig and that you live in a third world country. Um, uh, the, the diploma stuff is great. Uh, you know, like <laughs> how much are you using your diploma against us? Which is like, I want to just, I want to print this out and give it to my, my children and be like, Hey, look, you don't, there's a zero <laughs> yeah, we don't need between yeah. who's making the most money and the degree and nobody who's making money. And this apparently is coming from like a, a, a science degree for computer programming or something like that. Yeah. So it's a little hard to uh, it's it's a little hard to say when they when they ask the questions about your degree, right? Arts and science. I am not sure what that means um, because they also have science as a separate uh, um, question, and um, architecture, landscaping, and design is a different. So I think arts and science might mean you know quote humanities unquote. 
Um, but My developer or business partner has an English major. He was a, he's a poet. <laughs> right. Well, I, I was yeah. a classicist. There is, there is not a space on here for that. But then, you know, there are not a lot of classicists in the world. And we almost all end up in other careers because there's no jobs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure what they were asking with arts and science and the fact that that's, you know, the second largest uh, block uh, leaves things a little bit vague. Right. And Uncle Spence, what were the main couple of things you got from this okay. article? First of all, step back, 30,000 feet level, view this. And you look at what describes your current employment situation, right? We see the largest block is I work for myself full time. Mm-hmm. Second largest block is I'm unemployed, which we can, like, I think from the color code. No, I'm sorry. I'm employed at a company or agency. And the third is I work for myself with an agency. But the takeaway is, half, let's say, of everybody works for themselves. So when you look at how somebody makes money working for themselves, whether it's design, coding, or this thing we call magically working with WordPress, the way you make money is in how well you market to customers, how well you find customers, how well you develop a relationship with customers, because that is the transaction that is being measured. How much these people are willing to give me is directly related to how well I relate to them which again, I'm barking in my corner, but like what I find is an inverse correlation. Those people who are exceptional coders, maybe Triple J, the exception, don't like to talk to people. It's J. Okay. Something with a J, I'll take it. (laughs) And so in previous incarnations, I've worked with really hardcore coders, the ones that work at Google and Apple and stuff as partners. And they are like the most, against ever having human contact people you'll ever meet. I can't speak for Thomas, but Chris has a developer partner and he's the people person. So I see the people who work for themselves succeeding, not so much on the merits of what they're doing, but much so more on the merits of how well they communicate with solving a pain for people that they can find and relate to. And I think that's the lesson. To well, take it's not, it's not simply how well they can solve it, but how well they can communicate to people. That exactly, they because you don't need to, it's a Lego environment. I mean, to be completely fair, when we talk about commoditized hosting, we talk about all the plugins and the page builders and everything else. The place where people want to have help now is not on let's melt plastic into Legos. It's which Legos should I snap together? And I'm frustrated because I can't figure out the right combination. And then what do I do with this thing I just built? And that's where anybody with a philosophy degree, an English major, whatever, can make several hundreds of thousands of dollars in my experience, not just 20, 30, 40, 50. The people who find themselves in a real struggle, I find, are often the ones who go over to one of those like uh, red light districts looking for jobs and they end up competing against each other where it's only about like how low can I charge for the job? The people who go right to the people who are the customers and say, oh, can I just help you? They find these tremendous niches, whether it's in a service, a software, or some combination of just putting stuff together. Yeah. What do you reckon, JJ? What did you? I think surveys like this are like fun, but they are hard to really they're not. They're not super useful, unfortunately. Just like right for this. Just right for this show, dude. Yeah, all these questions about like benefits and bonuses, and obviously, mm-hmm. you, you know, half your respondents have just said they're self-employed, which means none of those questions apply, and and mm-hmm. therefore the responses, you know, the the, the pool of respondents is is much smaller. 
like I think the the graphs are nice. The like the they really did try to do a good job, which is like commendable. And like what's here is fun, and we are talking about it and all those things. However, I feel that the we need a bigger sample size, and the the the, the juicy fun stuff is actually in correlating this data together. Like the individual graphs are fun, but like we're talking about is correlating it. Like how does one reflect the other? And we're left to sort of speculate a little bit, which is where the this data becomes less useful. Like there were a lot of companies a long time ago that used to, uh, I, I mean, I think like OkCupid is the one I'm thinking of. They used to have like a, uh, a developer blog uh, from a dating site where basically they would... Uh, put together a very large sample size of uh, the number of like the of the people with certain religions that uh, got, got married or didn't get married under certain other circumstances under certain times of the year. Da 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 da. Like they kind of were able to draw these interesting conclusions based off of enormous sample sizes uh, and 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 questions and answers from everybody and like. <laughs> You bring that up, but obviously that does come to mind, but it's the most controversial finding was that black women of a certain edu- of a similar educational background or mm-hmm. or social dynamic background got less dates than the equivalent white woman. Uh, um, that was uh, um, a bit of eye-opener, if I'm correct, in mm-hmm. what some of its did, did they Did they happen stated. to mention what the racial makeup of, of their uh, membership is? Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, yeah, you're totally right there. You know, it's like, it's like any statistics, you, you know, it's in the detail, isn't it? You know, so... Well, yes, we and, and of course, you you know, with any any set of statistics, you have to remember that, you know, that key principle that they, you know, beat into my head in, in you know, college statistics is that, you know, correlation does not imply causation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was, it, was it Prime Minister McDonald said there's lies and there's statistics? <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, you know, that's, I don't know where that originated, but yeah, there are lies, damn lies in statistics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, my internet is breaking up a little bit. I think, uh, on to Chris. What do you think of this? Uh, I, I, I'm really fascinated by what some companies like uh, Lambda are doing, where they're training developers and they're doing this, I forget what it's called, income deferment, where they, they repay the $30,000 or whatever through payments out of their first four years as an employee with a development job. And I think that's one track to go to being a highly skilled, highly paid developer. And the other, if like Spencer's saying, if you're going to go out and to the uh, more of a freelancer style or uh, building a software product that like you do have to, you're, if you want to make more money, it's important to d- either develop the marketing and sales skill set or partner with somebody because um, then that, because it's a very different skill set and they need to work together if you're going to be on your own. But there are, there are people out there, I've met them that do both really well and that's, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I found interesting. And just that the, uh, a lot of developers, I find there's like two styles. There's like the self-taught English major, like kind of the one that I, the main one that I work with, but then there's also the hardcore computer science guys and I've worked with them too. And that's great. 
but it's just a totally different style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's information that it would be nice to see out of this, like how much do the self-employed people make versus the people with jobs? Exactly. You know, how much do the, yeah. it, it, you know, the, there's, there's information that it might be possible for them to access that is, you know, kind of not part of, of what they opted to show. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Uh, I think I think we ditch number six, and we go straight into our recommendations of the week. And my recommendation is Funnel Packs, um, and the link to get to Funnel Packs will be in the show notes. And basically, uh, it's offering something quite interesting: um, funnels, pre-developed funnels, um, specifically developed for somebody who's a freelancer, somebody that um, Spencer pointed out or a, a small agency that's looking to develop funnels for their own website, these people provide these funnels using the latest WordPress technique, technology. And the founder of the product is coming on my podcast in, um, in June to have a bit of a discussion. And um, it's an interesting product. Spencer, have you got anything you want to share with the listeners and viewers? Yeah. Uh, we stumbled upon Otter, like the animal with the clamshells. AI. It is a free, legitimately free to get real use out of transcription that allows you to take any video you make for YouTube or otherwise and get like about a 95% ready to use transcript, which is really awesome for anybody who makes training or does online videos because sure, mm-hmm. YouTube does it, but you have to kind of pull it out of there or somebody has to watch and it live. Yeah, it, and it's a real mess too. It's a mess, right? Mm-hmm. This was not a mess. This was, and I thought like, huh, is this some mechanical Turk thing? It turns out it's probably the same technology like a YouTube uses, but their price point is such that you can make real use of it for, for free. I think it's up to like 400 hours or something for free. I mean, it's really good. Wow. All right. Make sure the link's in the in our Slack channel. Can you, Spencer, make sure? Um, JJ, have you got anything you want to share with the listeners of yours? Any recommendations, products, services you come across recently? Nope. He looks like... I have a video game I've been playing. That's about all I've got. Oh, well, there go. well, what was it? Do you recommend it? Uh, of course, yeah. So Matt knows exactly what I'm going to mention because he's seen me tweet about it already. But there's a, there's a game by a, 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 a company called Motion Twin. And uh, the name of this game is Dead Cells. They are a, a small, independent uh, video game shop, largely uh, known for making some relatively simple iOS games and stuff. But... Uh, a couple of years back, they uh, did a an open call for uh, beta testers for uh, a game called Dead Cells, and so it's a old school kind of Mario esque Castlevania esque platformer. Uh, it falls into a genre that is now sort of called a a, a roguelite or a Metroidvania style game, where you get to run around and kill bad guys and everything else, and. Uh, it reminds me of the video games I used to play as a kid, and it's uh, fast-paced and action-oriented, and uh, it's kind of one of those games where uh, you get you can play it at whatever level you want. You can play it real simple and have a good time, or you can get super deep into it and uh, lose yourself for hours and days at a time. It's uh, it's a ton of fun. It has nothing to do with WordPress. It is uh, uh, some some time spent just killing bad dudes, uh, uh, kind of Castlevania style. It was a lot of fun. 
It's like that's nice awesome. Two days. It is a fun game. Yeah, I just want to so throw fun. throw out there. Um, you mentioned Otter Spencer. I just heard about that, but I've heard you can set up your Zoom to Otter so that if you're doing podcast recording in Zoom, you can get the transcriptions made. I've right. been using Rev.com forever, which is a dollar a minute. I haven't looked into it to see to test it out, but I'm excited about that. Also, I just wanted to recommend Printful if you ever have a need to, um, you know, make t-shirts or pillows or hats with your company graphics or just for fun or whatever. It's a pretty cool site. Printful.com. Oh, I'm back again. Oh, and you sound a lot better. Oh, God. Oh, I oh, oh, did, did Spencer finish the show for me? <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking without you. We could go on forever. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, listeners and viewers. So, um, so I hope, I hope JJ gave a good um, testimonial to his video. I- I did. Right, on, yep. to, on to Chris. Have you got anything to share? I just went. Oh, you just went. There we go. I was out of date there. Matt. Matt. Have you got anything I, to share? I don't have a product. No, you've got a product. Uh, I've, I've, I've been watching uh, the Chernobyl series on HBO. Oh, yeah. mm. I have never been so stressed out watching <laughs> a, a, a show before than that. And it is pretty damn intense. I don't know how I, I want to go back and kind of like see how you know historical historically accurate it is. I'm sure a lot of it is is made up, but man, I've never been on edge as, and like already knowing what happened, I've never been so on edge on this. I haven't watched I haven't watched it. I, I'm gonna binge watch, but I actually for yeah. once I would imagine the truth is more grimmer than the actual series actually Matt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, I would agree with you. You know, the thing that throws it off is that everybody on the show sounds like you. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're Russian. not speaking Russian, but they Russian. all sound... <laughs> yeah, they've got British actors. You know, you want a quality... Well, scene. Americans are just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Russian. I know, yeah. They have ways of making a... We have ways of making you talk. Uh, Rob, obviously, um, Sally, got anything you want to recommend? I just want to mention that uh, Genesis 3.0 is coming uh, in June. Uh, and if you use Genesis, I would advise you to come and test the beta. There's already been some uh, ferocious discussion about some uh, potential issues with backwards compatibility that they are addressing. So, uh, you know, if you if you want to have a chance uh, to uh, make sure that things that affect uh, you and your customers uh, don't break... Uh, I would jump in and participate. There's a Genesis beta tester plugin available in the WordPress.org repository. Right. Let's get this show finished. I think we've had a great discussion. So, um, JJ, how can people find out more about you, your thoughts, what you're up to? What's the best way, uh, JJ? Twitter or GitHub at JJJ, or you can uh, read my my blog where I occasionally blog about things at JJJ.blog. We gotta mention your podcast with your beloved oh, co-host. Yeah. Well, Come off it, yeah. WordPress Weekly. But that's Jeff's show. I'm the I'm the co-host. Oh, I chime in. bloody support for God. You're, you're the straight man. Yeah, right. But yeah, every every Wednesday afternoon on uh, WordPress Weekly with Jeff Chandler. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Um, Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find me at wpfangirl.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And uh, my cats are on Instagram. Just fantastic, those cats. Amazing creatures. There we go. Matt. No, sorry, I woke you up. Uh, Matt. MattReport.com, Pagely.com. I just did the interview with Matt Wandra, an mm-hmm. automatician. 
the product lead behind Happy or one of the product leads behind Happy Tools, uh, mm. that automatic building. And there's still hope for P2. For those of you interested, that's what he, that's what he said to me. Oh, man. I, that's, how long ago was that? Like 2011? 2012? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Something's come from the past. I haven't heard that word in those so many years. <laughs> oh, right. oh, God. Chris. How can people find out more about you? You're up to. You can find me over at lifterlms.com. We've got some exciting stuff uh, in development about to roll out with our REST API, some Zapier action, some groups, and a bunch of other things. It's going to be pretty exciting. You can find me on my podcast called LMS Cast. And that's it. And I just want to congratulate you, Jonathan, on 400 episodes. That's quite the accomplishment. You've created a lot of content, conversation and controversy in the WordPress community. And I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, 400 episodes. It's awesome. Oh, thanks for that, Chris. Um, um, oh, thank you, panel. Um, yeah, I just do the Friday. I just enjoy the Friday shows. I enjoy getting people from the WordPress community. Um, my more business focus is my, is my other WordPress podcast. I treat this as a kind of service to the WordPress community. And I also made a lot of friends in the Word. I know that's going to be a surprising panel, but I've actually <laughs> made some friends um, coming on the show that have turned into long-term friends. Um, Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yes, uh, we'll be building a new accessible page builder with blocks that will allow people to make... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> see how we're at WP Launchify. Well, you might as well. Everybody else is doing it. <laughs> Why not? Uh, and I want to say, Jonathan, I know a lot of friends who've come to America from overseas. Your English has improved so much. <laughs> I just want to say, I can hardly tell that not your second. I'm just making a sign to it. To folks that you're going to have to go to the WP Tonic YouTube channel to see what signage am I doing to my beloved <laughs> down here. It's down here. <laughs> yeah, there you are, Uncle Spencer. You know what? You you want to know why I call you Uncle Spencer? Actually, Spencer. Is it from the My Three Sons show? No, um, um, <laughs> Sally. Th- there was a series of um, Ealing comedies called the um, Centrinians. Do you know it, Sally? No, I don't. Now, you look it up on um, YouTube, St. Trinian's, and um, the the, um, the girls had an uncle called, on, uh, I forgot his name, but he was Uncle something. Can you remind me very much of the character, Spencer? I've heard you call well, me... it's not Uncle Fester. I've heard you call me something quite a few times, but can't repeat that <laughs> I've had a few people call me something. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to wrap up the show now, folks. Thanks for... Um, been law listeners and viewers. Every time I get into the top section of WordPress, um, I, uh, Apple puts me down, iTunes lowers me down, but I come roaring back with your <laughs> listeners and viewers. Uh, uh, so we'll see you next week where we have another interesting roundtable show. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. 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 400. Woo woo. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.